This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Take Me Home on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Angela Marcus. Thank you for joining us. Today, we are going to be speaking with Marla Stahl, author and animal advocate. I first heard about Marla because I received an email starting with a number, 3.9 million. That's the number of homeless dogs in American shelters at any given time. There are another 3.4 million cats as well. While many of us in the animal welfare space and beyond are aware of the enormity of those numbers, it takes a special person to decide to do something to combat the issue. And that's where Marla Stahl enters the frame. She's an author and animal advocate who's dedicated herself to combating animal abuse and homelessness in the United States in a very unique way. And today we'll be talking with Marla to share her mission with you all and learn more about her work and how it's making a difference in the lives of thousands of animals and people. Stay tuned. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Take Me Home on Pet Life Radio, and a big welcome to author and animal advocate Marla Stahl. Thanks for joining us, Marla. Thanks for having me, Angela. So first, I'd like to get a little history about you and where the inspiration for your career path came from. How did it all start? So if you could just give us a little background on yourself, that'd be great. Sure. Well, ever since I was a little girl, I have loved to write. Um, In the fourth and fifth grade, I had my favorite teacher, Stella Rizzo, and she would have a newsletter that we put out every week for the parents. And I was the most prolific writer. I wrote stories and poems and all kinds of things. And at the end of the first year, one of the moms wrote me a note and she said, I love your stories and poems, and one day you're going to be a famous author. (laughs) Well, I'm not famous, but I did turn into an author. Went off and did different things for my my career as a linguist and um, and writer to some degree. And then I retired, and I missed writing and editing. And so I started a blog, and that was fun, um, but it wasn't, you know, super fulfilling, but it was was fun. And um, then I adopted my dog, Sugar. Now, I've always had a dog. All my life, I've always had dogs. And I consider them kind of my babies. And I had adopted Sugar, and she's a rescue dog, a very scared little rescue dog who clearly had not been treated well. And uh, we were building up our trust pretty quickly. And we went outside, and the neighbor came to the fence to talk to us. And I wanted to keep an eye on her just to make sure she didn't eat anything or whatever. And I kept calling her back over to me and, and chatting with the neighbor. And she kind of disappeared behind a row of trees. And I heard birds squawking and I said, oh, goodness, excuse me, to my neighbor and went running over and she was going after a bird. 
And I said, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. And I picked her up and took her in the house. And as if she were a human child, I gave her a stern but loving lecture. But, you know, <laughs> we have to share our yard and, you know, with all the birds and all the other creatures. And the birds make us happy because they sing in the morning. And she's looking at me like, okay, mommy, <laughs> like a child would have. And then I didn't think anything of it. And then the next day for about six days in a row, I think there's one break in between and then another day. Every time we came down for breakfast and I opened the curtains on the sliding patio doors, there was some sort of creature looking in the window. It was weird. So one uh, was a squirrel and it was literally like scratching at the door and looking around to see if it wanted to come in. I've never seen a squirrel do that before. We had a cicada. We had bunnies in the yard looking at me. We had a frog. <laughs> and birds. It was weird. And so I was telling a friend about it and I said, this is just the strangest thing. Ever since this happened, these animals are coming to the door. And it's almost like they're either thanking me for keeping her inside so they would be safe or asking if she wants to come out and play. And so we had a good laugh. And I said, you know, that would be a really fun children's book. And so I ran downstairs and I just started typing. And that's kind of how it all started. And I've always, um, I guess my last three dogs over like the last 20 years or so have been rescue dogs. And I just know I'm learning more and more about animal rescue and, and stray animals and animal neglect and abuse. And so they just have my heart. And I know that when you adopt a rescue dog, there's something about them. They just know how lucky they are to have been rescued. They just have this air of gratitude around them. And I decided that I wanted to not just write children's books for entertainment or for income, but I wanted to do something good with it. Uh, subsequently, a couple of years later, I went to Puerto Rico and I saw all the stray dogs there and broke my heart and um, came back and said, I'm going to do something. I have to do something and, and found a rescue there that I um, decided to support and became friends with. Ended up writing a, a book about one of their dogs there. And I just decided that, you know, there are a lot of people organizations at the time. I wasn't aware of how many animal rescues there are. I'm very happy to hear there are more and more that I'm learning about. But animals don't have a voice. And I think it's angels like you guys and, and all the people who go out there and do all the hard work, all the rescuing, that just make my heart happy because I feel like so many more dogs are getting adopted and cats, um, all kinds of animals. And so that's how I've kind of gotten into this. I've made wonderful contacts in the animal rescue world. And I feel like I am helping to make a difference, maybe one book at a time. <laughs> and it's really important to me. It's kind of like my mission now because of all the animal rescues I know, especially the ones in Puerto Rico who've been through a lot with the hurricane and everything, the work they do can be heartbreaking. And I'm sure you see that as well. It's heartbreaking. And I am such a softie, especially when it comes to animals. I mean, I literally had to be taken out of a movie theater when I was three years old. It was my first memory ever because we were watching Bambi and I was crying so hard. My parents had to take me out. Oh, gosh. <laughs> my first memory in life. And so I've always been such a softie for animals and, you know, an animal just whimpers and I'm just a puddle, you know. And so I've just been so touched by this. And I know that I don't have the emotional fortitude to go out and actually do the rescuing, but I still want to help. So I feel like by donating part of my sales proceeds to different rescues, I'm supporting the people who are out there doing the real hard work. And I know there's always a need for money. There's always a need for food and um, vaccinations and surgery costs and all of that. So it's my way of giving back and supporting the people who are really doing the tough work. 
Yeah, I mean, I think what you're doing is just remarkable because you're using your skill set. And I think it's a lesson to everyone listening, too, that, you know, you don't have to be on the front lines of an animal shelter. You don't have to walk into the animal shelter and walk dogs. If, if it's a little bit too much for you, which it happens, I mean, I talk to people all the time after spending, you know, years in working in an animal shelter. People, I don't know how you did that. But there's so many other things people can do using their skill set to really help animals. So kudos to you for coming up with this idea and and finding a way to help animals that really uses your skill set and can help these animals in a different way. So let's talk about your book. So you referenced Sugar the Chihuahua, and I saw that was the first book that you wrote called Can Sugar Come Out to Play? Mm-hmm. There's been a few books now, though. So can you can you walk us through each of your other books and the dogs that inspired those books? Sure. We heard about Sugar's book and that story there. And her model of the story, the, the mama kept saying, the mama, that's me, I keep saying, I'll always love you no matter what. And that's showing not only un- unconditional love that we share with our animals, but also responsible dog ownership. When you get a pet, it, unless there's some really extenuating circumstances, it should be a lifelong commitment. So that's what I wanted to convey in that book. Um, the next book was called Lucy, the Amazing Wonder Dog. And it's about the dog I had before Sugar, who was quite a character. And I always wanted to do something for her, maybe have a set of children's towels or sheets or something like that with her image on it. She was just so cute. And of course, that cost a lot of overhead and that didn't happen. So I said, well, I'm going to give her a book. So it is basically um, for kids, helping them learn how to use their imagination. So she says, you know, I'm Lucy, the amazing wonder dog. My mom calls me that. I don't understand why I'm just an ordinary dog. And then she goes on to do very extraordinary things for a dog, right? So she (laughs) has her own TV shows. She has, if anybody watches the Food Network, she has a dog food network show. Instead of diners, drive-ins, and dives, she has cookies, chewy bones, and fries. That's her show. <laughs> and <laughs> that's if you, pretty great. <laughs> and if you watch House Hunters on HGTV, she's on the Dog and Garden Network, and she has one called Mouse Hunters. And Lucy was notorious for not finding a crumb that was in front of her nose. And so the picture of her is snooping around on the ground, and there's a mouse on the bookshelf right next to her, and she doesn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she, you know, she protects the family from danger. And you could see her, she's standing on the couch barking at the mailman, you know, so she, <laughs> she climbs mountains, and she's sitting on a pile of blankets on the couch, you know, things like that. And so that's just kind of a, a fun book for kids to get them to use their imagination and say, okay, why is that funny, you know, and get them to think about that a little bit. Then we have sugar goes to the dentist. And it was fun how that came about. My dental hygienist and dentist know that I do these books. And I was sitting there in chair one day getting my teeth cleaned. And Miss Kiki, she's my dental hygienist, she said, what's your next book? And I said, oh, I don't know. I don't have any ideas yet. I have to be just inspired. I, I can't just make them up. I haven't been inspired. And she said, why don't you write about sugar going to the dentist? And I said, you know, when dogs go to the dentist, it's not pretty. You know, it's, it's really not a good thing. She said, well, pretend she's coming here. I said, Okay, so I'm getting my teeth clean and the wheels are spinning and I live about 10 minutes from the dentist and I wrote the book in my head on the way home. (laughs) (laughs) Came home, gave Sugar a hug and sat down and and wrote it out. And it's really funny because the illustrator actually came over to meet Sugar and see our environment and included in the cover of the book and the first page characters from our other books. And he wanted to know what Miss Kiki looked like. And I kind of described her. And when I got the book, I noticed that he had made her earrings look like teeth. And I had the book for a while. I didn't realize she had tooth earrings on. So I actually went online and bought tooth earrings and gave them to her. And she wears them to work. (laughs) It was kind of fun. And then for Mason, I want to talk about Mason, the ambassador dog. It's in English and Spanish. Um, That's when I went to Puerto Rico. And I told you I was upset about all those stray dogs that I saw. 
And in fact, that's gotten worse after the hurricane. Oh, yeah, so, significantly worse. And and when I'll share a story with you about my own personal experience, not in Puerto Rico, but in Jamaica, it was mm-hmm. sort of a similar moment for me where I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do something here. So, but I'll share that with you in a moment. Keep going, please. Oh, okay. So I befriended uh, Bonnie Lucas, who is the founder of Second Chance Animal Rescue of Puerto Rico. She's been there about 20 years up in the mountains in Puerto Rico. A lot of people don't realize there are mountains in Puerto Rico. It's very mountainous. And she's up in the mountains there. Usually has between 120 and 150 dogs and a few cats up there as well. I decided to start supporting her financially. And one day we were talking and she said, would you do me a favor? Would you write a book about my dog, Mason? And I said, well, describe him. And so she did. And she said, well, could we do like a Perry Mason thing? And I said, I'm not sure everybody would know who Perry Mason is. Tell me more. So she said, he's kind of like an ambassador. He goes to all the new dogs who come in and kind of shows them the doggy ropes as they (laughs) come into the sanctuary. And I said, an ambassador. I said, you mean an ambassador dog, right? And she said, yes, that'd be a great title for the story. But I still didn't have enough information on him. So I said, well, I'm coming back to Puerto Rico to visit my friend. I will stop in and see you. Well, the date we had planned, I wasn't feeling well. My hostess was sick and Mason was sick as well. Uh-huh. And so I went a couple months later, I guess, actually, for my friend's birthday. And it turned out Bonnie was out of town. She was back here stateside. I didn't get to meet her but in person. But her right-hand person, Janine Colasso, was there and was kind enough to take us up the mountain and take us around and give us the tour. And I got to meet Mason. And just was, it was me and two friends and a camera. And I just started taking pictures of all the dogs and pictures of Mason and the volunteers and, and staff who work there. Kind of got him in his little doggy wheelchair because he doesn't have use of his back legs. And he uses, yeah. a, he uses a wheelchair. And so they showed me how that worked. And of course, he wanted the belly rubs. And because he can't control his back legs, it was kind of like flop, 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 you know, back <laughs> and forth. <laughs> He's just this big, huge love bug with this giant head and just a sweetheart. And I had apologized to my friends for staying so long, but they were the ones at the end that didn't want to leave. They were having such a good time. And we just had a wonderful day with Janine and the dogs. And so I came home and, and wrote that book. And a couple of fun things have happened from that. One is that a couple of those dogs have gotten adopted and I've asked them to give me the address of the adopted families and I've sent them a book and saying, hey, your superstore is on page 15. (laughs) 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 And they send me pictures, you know, here's Nichols at the dog park looking happy. And, you know, it's just really fun. And the other thing that happened is they were discovered by a lady named Amanda Geis. She lives in Washington State. She has her own rescue called Panda Paws. And um, she takes dogs that have different disabilities as well and wanted to meet Mason. So she went down to Puerto Rico. She has a television show or did for one season called Amanda to the Rescue on the Animal Planet. Oh, very cool. And she went down and met Bonnie and another volunteer and they went out rescuing dogs and she met Mason. So Mason is a TV star. He was actually on the Animal Planet December 2nd, 2018. So if you have on demand or whatever, you can go back and watch Mason. So he's a superstar. And so that's kind of special. And then my friend translated the book into Spanish. So I have it both in English and Spanish. That's so, that's- so special. So that's so that's Mason's story and Lucy's story. And the one I really want to hear about is who's Grandma Charlotte? Oh, you've got, you have got to hear about Grandma Charlotte. Grandma Charlotte was one of my mom's best friends. And she recently passed away, actually, but um, she was 93. The two of them were best friends. They lived in New Jersey and they met in exercise class. They were doing aerobics in their 70s. And my mom had thought maybe they should go out to coffee or something. And when they went out to the parking lot to get in their car, she noticed that Charlotte had a very unusual license plate. It was K-H-A-A-T-Z. And so she got in her car and she drove away. She said, I'm going to call Charlotte and invite her to coffee. So she looks up Charlotte Katz, because that's a common name in New Jersey. <laughs> Not spelled that way, but unusual spelling. Can't find the reference anywhere. 
So she goes back to the class the next time and she says, Charlotte, I tried to call you for coffee, but I couldn't find your number. I was looking up Charlotte Katz, couldn't find it anywhere. And Charlotte just roared with laughter because her name is Charlotte Ross. She happens to be a cat lady. So her license plate (laughs) reflected her passion. (laughs) So K-H-A-A-T-Z was because she is a cat lady. And so that just, you know, gave them a good laugh. Well, Charlotte was this remarkable woman. She was a teacher for a number of years. She was divorced and her kids grew up and she retired and she was a master gardener, which was fun. And she would give presentations at Princeton, New Jersey at uh, the university. Um, But she just felt like without the kids and everything, something was missing and she wanted to do more with her life. Very inspirational and teeny tiny. She's about 90 pounds soaking wet and humble as can be. And she said, well, I'm going to start volunteering. So she started with a group called Global Volunteers and ultimately worked with others as well. And they go around the country, go around the world, just volunteering, doing things like studying black bears in Appalachia, or uh, studying lemurs in Costa Rica and sleeping on the jungle floor. Some of the things she did were like riding big sea turtles in the Galapagos Islands. You know, this little 90-pound lady <laughs> on this gigantic I want her life. <laughs> I, I told her I wanted to be her when I grew up. And the thing that yeah. really, really got me to say that to her is talking to her on the phone one night. And she said she had been in Romania. And for two weeks, all they did was go to orphanages and rock babies for seven oh hours gosh. a day. And yes, I said, that's incredible. <laughs> Just and humble. And the one that's most amazing to me, she was 76 years old and she went hot air ballooning over the Serengeti. Oh my gosh, she's definitely braver than me. (laughs) (laughs) Just this incredible person, humble as could be. And so I had to write a book about her. Um, Her daughter told me that she was failing physically and they didn't know how long she'd be around. I said, well, let me write some remarks in case I can't get to her funeral. And turned out she sprang back. And I said, oh, good. I'll write it as a story. So she'll have the memories of her time with my mom. And as I'm writing it as a story, I said, ooh, ooh, children's book. (laughs) It's only great. And so I got a really great illustrator to do that one for me as well. So it's a really fun book. And in the back, I have questions. It's for a little bit older kids. And I have questions about, you know, where is Romania? And what animals might you find in the Serengeti? And what things can you do that would be meaningful that would change the world? And who would help you? So it's got a little educational piece in the background, just getting kids to think about ways that they can give back to the world and make it a better place, just like Charlotte did. You know, it's interesting, too, as I'm hearing you talk about all the the different books that you've written, it seems to me that there has to be, you know, recommendations that you'd make for specific ages. And so I'd like to talk a little bit about that. We do have to take a quick short break for our sponsors, for a message from our sponsors. But I want to talk about the, you know, what book is appropriate for which age? And then, you know, I have a a three-year-old and a 12-year-old at home, so I I need to pick up some copies of these books. So I want your recommendations. All right, hang tight. We'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Hey there, pet parents. Michelle Fern here. You know, as busy pet parents, we often forget about our own needs and, you know, we need to take care of ourselves so we can reach our goals and make our lives that much more fulfilling. Well, there's something that is there to make it better for you, and that's called BetterHelp Online Counseling. You can connect with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment, and it's super convenient. You can use desktop, you can use mobile device, and it's iPhone and Android friendly. You can also use a video session. You can use chat or text, whatever you choose. They hook you up with one of their many counselors. They have over 3,000 licensed therapists across the United States. 
these licensed professionals specialize in depression, anger, family conflict, anxiety, insomnia, trauma, grief. They cover everything. Now, Pet Life Radio has a special discount for you. You'll save 10% off your first month with the discount code PETLIFE. Go ahead and connect with BetterHelp.com and start making your life even that much better. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Take Me Home on Pet Life Radio. We're continuing our conversation with Marla Stahl. Okay, Marla, so tell me, which books should I get for my three-year-old and which one should I forget for my 12-year-old? Okay, I'm going to give you kind of a convoluted answer here, okay? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I'm ready. I have been amazed. I originally wrote The Sugar Goes to the Dentist for little children who maybe hadn't gone to the dentist yet, so they wouldn't be afraid because she goes in and she kind of gets treated really specially, you know, like the chair that goes up and down. Ooh, it's like a ride at Disney World. Wee, you know, and, <laughs> and all these things to make it fun. So it was originally for little children, but I did a presentation for career day last week and fourth graders, that's the one they wanted to hear. Oh, really? um, so all kids of all ages, um, Lucy, the amazing wonder dog is for kids, maybe four or five years old and 12 year olds love it. So <laughs> it's really hard to say in terms of complexity and reading themselves. The simpler ones would be those two books, Sugar Goes to the Dentist and Lucy, the amazing wonder dog. The others have a little more vocabulary in them. They're a little more wordy. So if they're reading on their own, like your 12 year old would probably love the Charlotte book and the Sugar book and the Mason book. And the one that's in Spanish, the Mason book in Spanish, if you are a foreign language teacher or somebody studying Spanish, it's an excellent tool for learning vocabulary in a fun way because kids love to read about animals, right? And so it's a fun way for them to learn the language. So I would say any of them would be good for your 12 year old, but those last three probably would be the best and the other two would be best for your little one. But I'm finding that kids of all ages, they just surprise me with what they say. No, I want this one. Okay. (laughs) So the the simple answer is any of them are good. Yes, (laughs) yes. Fall up today, go to Wolf Books and pick these books up and share them with your children and your friends. So wolfbooks.com. Um, and I'll make sure that I include a link to that when we post this episode. So, so Marla, be- besides just making people smile with these books, there's a real goal with what you're writing about and why you're writing about it. I mean, we're, we have two other things that are sort of your mission with this, right? It's to support animal rescue organizations financially, but also to educate. Can you talk to us a little bit about those two other initiatives other than just making people smile? Sure. Well, financially, obviously, whenever I actually about once a month, or depending on how sales go, I might extend that for two or three uh, months, I will adopt an animal rescue for a month and ask them to maybe post on their page that I'm doing this or on their web page that I'm doing this. And I post on my Wolf Books Facebook page and my personal page and I go out to different events and I adopt them for a time, a certain amount of time. And so 10% of all the sales for that amount of time. So say I adopted you guys for May, anything I sold in May um, online or in a special event, I would donate 10% of that to your rescue. Very cool. So, so that's how I do that financially. And the other piece was to educate about to, the importance of kindness. To and, educate. Yeah. So one of the things that I do locally, and I'd like to do even more of is I go to schools to read to the kids. And 
I don't charge a fee like a lot of speakers do, but I do ask that they buy a set of books for their classrooms or their media center. So it kind of balances out. Um, I love kids. So, you know, it's a treat for me <laughs> to do that. And it's interesting. Each school I've gone to has turned into a very different type of presentation. One was strictly about writing books. It was uh, an international baccalaureate school and they wanted me to talk about the editing process and all of that. So we did that, but they also are big on philanthropy there. So we talked a little bit about what I'm doing with that. Um, they didn't really need that lesson because that's part of their curriculum. Other schools I'll go in, I was one in, um, in a city and kind of an inner city kind of environment. And I was talking to kindergartners and they started raising their hands and telling me, you know, really sad stories. Maybe I shouldn't say here because it might upset people listening, but things that were happening to dogs in their community. Mm -hmm. And I totally turned that into a kindness to animal lecture or, you know, discussion as well as what to do if you come across a dog that you don't know. How do you approach them? What happens if they approach you? You know, how can you tell if they're upset? Here's what not to do. <laughs> and talking about kindness to animals because they were telling me some very disheartening stories. And so I kind of take a cue from the school, from the teachers, from the students, but I always try to throw in kindness to animals. So for example, last week, one of the children said something about, well, how do you feel about spanking dogs? And I said, oh no, I, I don't okay. believe in that. You know, I believe in being positive reinforcement and if they do something good, you give them a cookie and there are ways to teach them without ever hitting them. I would never hit a dog, you know? Oh, you know, because we weren't sure maybe what was going on at home there, you know. <laughs> I know, you know, I got to tell you, I, I on many occasions when I was working for the Pennsylvania SPCA in Philadelphia, we did similar events where we spoke to lots of children. And that was, I mean, it actually got to a point where I was like dreading it because I thought, oh my God, what am I going to hear about today? You know, mm -hmm. and, and we know that there is this very distinct link, right, between cruelty to animals and violence towards animals that connects directly to cruelty and violence toward humans. Right. So it's like, I feel like those things are, it's so critical to have people like you who are in front of children and who are using this as an opportunity to talk about kindness towards animals, because I also think it's, it's teaching children kindness about, you know, why it's important to be kind to one another. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. And kindness across the board to any living thing. Yes. And I think that's important. It's very, very important. So and I have to be very careful about how I choose my words because I don't want to be judgmental. Right. You know, if something's happening with them at home, I just try to show them that there's a different way, maybe a better way yeah. to handle it. There's a, you know, there's safe people in their lives to talk to. So how do you pick which rescue groups you're going to work with? Do you have them, you know, I, I don't even actually know where you're based out of. So is it all local? I mean, I know you're working in Puerto Rico, but is it local to where you live? Is it specific breed specific rescues? Talk to us a little bit about what makes you choose a rescue over another. Sure. So I live in the Baltimore, Maryland area. So one way I meet different rescues is I have this great pet food supply store near me that has several branches and they are wonderful. They've kind of adopted me as family that we go out and I'll do book signing events there. And if there is a rescue there, I donate to them. So that's one way I meet them. I'm on Facebook a lot, kind of looking around and there are just some some different uh, rescues that just touch my heart. And I say, oh my goodness, I wanna reach out to them because I love what they're doing. It's not always here. There have been ones in Texas, Kansas City area. There's one called Puppy Rescue Mission that goes in and um, they go to military bases in Iraq or Afghanistan where dogs have kind of wandered on base and they're not really treated well over in that culture. And and um, it helps the soldiers to feel like they're at home and it saves the dogs and they have this bond and then they get deployed home or somewhere else 
else and the dog is still there and they're concerned about the safety. So this group goes in and, you know, swoops them up and brings them back here stateside, you know, well, that really touched my heart, you know, and then, sure. uh, <laughs> yeah. And then there's a group of wings of rescue that during all the hurricanes has been flying in and taking dogs that were in shelters, moving them elsewhere so that the local dogs could come in. All oh, that really touched my heart. So <laughs> I'm just a big softy. Yeah. I'll just see something like that online or a dog that just somehow touches my heart. I'm like, okay, we have to adopt you. Um, there was a, a senior dog sanctuary, I think in Tennessee somewhere that they showed their sanctuary and all these dogs with these beds and couches all over the place. I'm like, okay, you guys touch my heart. I'm going to support you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of happenstance. And locally, you know, there are a lot of smaller rescues that are just very, very local and they foster in their homes. They don't have a sanctuary or anything like that. And if I hear about them, I'm like, oh, would you like some support? <laughs> so it's kind of, that's how it kind of has evolved. Either they touch my heart somehow, or I have a connection through other things that I'm doing. There was a German Shepherd rescue. I just supported. I was at, a, we have an event here called Walk for Paws and PAWS, and it supports um, one of the rescues that I've been supporting for a while. And they have other rescues there as well. And they were about two tents down from me. And a friend of mine came and she just lost her dog. She was very upset and she kept saying, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I turn around and I see her laying on the ground with this gorgeous German shepherd, like laying on the ground <laughs> with this dog. And she came over and I'm like, Rachel, are, are you going to adopt this dog? Oh, I'm going to think about it. I love her. I love her. And she was following her around. And then I found out that this dog belonged to that rescue two tents down. So I went over and talked to the ladies. I said, okay, that's my friend over there. She's going to adopt this dog. <laughs> and how would you like me to adopt you for a month? You know, so it's kind of organic. It kind of happens that way. So I'd be happy to support you guys or um, anyone who's interested out there who would like some support for the rescue. Contact me. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. I mean, I think of so many different rescue groups and organizations out there. And if other authors are listening by any chance, I mean, consider doing something similar. Your books don't have to be about dogs. <laughs> you know, I mean, these animals need our help. And, and you know, what a lot of people don't realize is these shelters are so, the shelters and rescue groups, they're often underfunded. They have very little resources and they're doing the best they can. And there's just too many animals coming into the shelters for them to be able to, you know, do everything thing that we would be able to we'd like to be able to do for our own pets you know all of the extreme veterinary care or behavior consultations or things that you know most shelters or rescues just don't have the the monetary resources to be able to fund so what you're doing is making a difference and it's making a difference not only in the lives of these animals but for the children who are reading your books and the parents that are snuggling up next to their kids at night reading the books I think you're bringing a smile to a lot of people's faces oh thank you so one thing I noticed is a lot of local groups you know really need the help because they're in people's homes, right? And then very limited volunteers. And, you know, some months are not successful. And if I could even give them 20 or $30, that's like gold to them. Yeah, because absolutely. they really don't have anything. Uh, for Charlotte, I do want to share this one. Charlotte spent a lot of time in Borneo. One of the things she did, Grandma Charlotte, was rehabilitating baby orangutans. I want to be this person, okay? Can I just tell you, I want to be Charlotte. <laughs> you and me both, we could be <laughs> twins. <laughs> and she didn't study with Jane Goodall, but Jane Goodall has a protege whose name escapes me right now. But she studied with that woman and she was there for several months with these baby orangutans. And that was her favorite 
favorite charity. And so after she passed away, I actually went to a funeral, took the books, gave them to family members and asked if I could speak. And I was the only, the only non-family member to speak. All her other family members were telling stories that were in my book. So it was very uplifting. It was very positive. And I read my story, of course, they loved it and everything. And so I said, I would like to give to Charlotte's favorite charity. What might that be? And they said, the Orangutan Project in Borneo. And I said, you got it. And that was probably one of my biggest donations to date. Oh, that's so very cool. Yeah. So, you know, you got to make a difference for a bunch of orangutans, but also in in Charlotte's name, which I'm sure was really, really special. Yes, very special. So we we have to wrap it up because we've been chatting for uh, almost 30 minutes now. But I do have one last question. So what do you see for the future of animal rescue in the United States and, and how, you know, what's your vision? Because I can hear in your voice, you're very passionate about everything you're doing. And, and what's your vision for how you want to see your books progress uh, going forward and, and any ideas or thoughts you have for any of the listeners about how they can be a part of that? Well, they could be part of it by buying more books. They could donate more. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So tell us, tell us how we can do that. Tell, tell the listeners how we can buy those books and where we can find them. Okay. They are on Amazon under my name, Marla Stahl, S-T-A-H-L, S-N-S-A-M, T as in Tom, A-H-L. Um, you can see, call it my name. They'll call them all up. You can go to my website, woofbooks, W-O-O-F, books.com. You can get them there. Um, my vision for the future, honestly, I'm very excited about how many animal rescue people I'm meeting out there. And it's growing. We, people are becoming, as our world is becoming less compassionate, I think people are becoming more compassionate and they're extending that to animals. So my vision, what I would love to see is not to have a need for animal rescues, right? And to have more and more animals adopted. And I'm starting to see that, which is really, really good. So that's kind of a, a dual answer to your question. Sure. You and me both. <laughs> that's what we're working towards every day. Well, Marla, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show today. We really appreciate the conversation and I wish you the best of luck going forward. And I will be going on Amazon very shortly to make my order of all of these fantastic books you told us about. I can't wait to read this story about Charlotte because she has now become somebody that I uh, really wish I could have met. <laughs> She's my hero too. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been quite a pleasure talking with you. So if you have any questions about our show or have a suggestion for a guest or topic, please email me at Angela at PetLifeRadio.com. I also encourage you to subscribe to Take Me Home on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again to our guest, Marla Stahl, author and animal advocate, and also to our producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible. Thanks, everyone. I look forward to chatting with you all again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.